Hey everyone, it's Danielle and Kate with another episode of Go Ahead Mama. And it's February. <laughs> I'm laughing because it's supposed to be our sexy episode. And I have this manly horse voice. It's going to be great. No, you sound like Kathleen Turner. It's really sexy. Oh, look Ooh, at me. Kathleen like a serial mom vibe. She was hot. <laughs> Oh, yeah, that that's actually going to add to the sex appeal of this episode. <laughs> totally. But clearly, some of you, at least I am, we already know how Kate feels about this, but we're thinking about Valentine's Day goodness. Kate, get excited. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Kate, we can do this. We, we are mature adult women who want to talk about you know, supporting and loving ourselves. Okay, well, we'll, we'll just, we'll, we'll lay off of the Valentines a little bit and focus on just about like how we're keeping ourselves feeling attractive, even with all the changes that come with being a mom. Okay. Yeah. Okay. No, that is legit. Um, because, <laughs> because, uh, as much as Valentine's day usually seems like just lame pressure to be in hyperdrive of the expectations that we already have of ourselves that are real unrealistic. Moms get like a lot of crappy conflicting messages in this arena that like, you know, you're supposed to look as good as you did before, but you shouldn't be putting any effort into it. And that like, you should look good for your husband, but not be too sexy. And that, you know, if you're spending time on your appearance, that it's bad. But if you don't look good, that's also bad. Like you're just in a really crappy little spot that has no exit. So (laughs) wait, I just want to put out for the record that, I was confused before, but I feel even more confused now after that. <laughs> Danielle, like, Kate, way to add know, the pressure. <laughs> don't you know media is about making you feel worse about yourself? Then we can oh. sell you things. We're the anti-media. <laughs> no, but we the are point here is, to make you guys feel yeah, better. <laughs> yeah. So, like, if you feel like you're in that spot, like, and I feel like I'm in that spot a lot, I just want to take, like, a sledgehammer and just bang a hole in one of the walls. And that's it. That's our solution. Like, fuck it all. I mean, you know I'm always good for, for kicking the horse down. <laughs> <laughs> well, the point but is... I think th- yeah, oh, go ahead. No, I was going to say, is like, I really have been, like, for a lot of reasons, and I think we'll, we'll, we'll focus on the attractiveness component here, but what your point about the conflicting messages about what moms are supposed to be is really one that I've been struggling with, especially, like, as I kind of figure out where I, what things I like to do now. Can I still do the same thing? So definitely with this attractiveness point, you know, it's thinking about how I present myself or do I even care anymore what people think? Like, can I just still be the Danielle that if my body's right enough, I can wear a short dress and not worry about what people think or all that stuff. But we'll, we'll get into my long social, social commentary a little, a little bit later, but I guess Kate, since this is like something that you've had some time to think about, or maybe, maybe you're, you're still figuring it out too, but like, how are we defining attractiveness? Like what, what, what's the new definition? Do you have one? So I, I guess it's the difference between attracting other people and feeling attracted to yourself, uh, which is weird because yeah. it's, you know, it, it, you're, you're already you. Like, why do you need to attract you? You're stuck with yourself anyway. But, um, <laughs> but in some ways, like, if you're, if you're, for me at least, if I'm framing it on attracting my partner, um, that's, like, that's a really kind of 
low standard. Like, I am lucky that... <laughs> it's true. It's true. I am lucky that, like, my my partner thinks I'm pretty hot. Hi. Hi, sweetie. I hope that's true. Um, and <laughs> it's like, you know, I could be wearing, like, jeans and a t-shirt for the rest of my life, um, and he'd be, like, not psyched, but fundamentally okay with it. Whereas, like... <laughs> I would be so bored with myself. I'd be like, ugh, I don't even know you anymore. Like, the the version of myself that I think is attractive, like, takes risks with fashion and makeup and, like, figures out how to, like, pay attention to parts of my own, like, my own body and my own uh, being that I like already. Um, and be kinder to the parts I, I don't like as much. Well, so like, okay, so that's really interesting because, you know, what I'm hearing is it's part of you that, and I, I don't know, because I, this is not something that, you know, you and I have talked a lot about. So I'm wondering if this is just something that women, and then it's exacerbated by having all these body changing events happen. Now, you know, women that are mothers kind of go through, it's, it's this feeling of, I have a definition of beauty, whether it's accurate, whether it's based on other things, we will, we'll table that for now. But that definition of beauty doesn't necessarily align with, with what I am and trying to kind of come to terms with the fact that I am beautiful, even if those standards that I've set for myself aren't met. And this is, I think sometimes where partnership can be good or can be detrimental, right? Because if you set, if you say I've tried, I've done the best I can today. I've showered. I'm wearing clean sweatpants. It's a high bar. I've combed my hair. <laughs> then it's kind of like great as long as you feel good within yourself. But then there is this kind of, like you say, the alternative to attractiveness, which is by definition, are you attractive to other people? And that's where it becomes dangerous. And I think that's where we're trying to um, encourage people to to stay within the realm of what do you think of how are you defining your beauty now I guess yeah. if that's not a maybe that's a little too touchy-feely but that's the only way I can kind of express what I'm at least what I'm trying to figure out like thinking about where I was before getting pregnant and now as much as I thought of myself as this oh you know I'm super confident and I love the way I look and then there are still moments where I look back at pictures like oh my stomach was really flat or there was never a uh, you know, a stretch mark or anything like that. But then finding out that now, like, wow, I'm being a little bit more confident and kind of seeing those things don't define my beauty anymore and trying to kind of hold on to that a little bit, a little bit, I don't know. I don't know. Okay. I'm struggling with this one. Cause, cause I mean, cause even uh, this is where we, the, the veil comes up again. Cause like now I'm supposed to talk boobs and I'm like, see, boobs were not my problem. Right. <laughs> But I want to hear about I your had... boobs, Danielle. America, the <laughs> world, wants to hear about your boobs. You know, there was always, I felt there would always come a time in my life where America wanted to know about my boobs. <laughs> Little did I know it would be on a, on a show that I created with one of my best <laughs> the friends. The moment but, is now. So talking about kind of like the, like, okay, my boobs. I had really small boobs before. So like pregnancy has really helped me in that realm if <laughs> you believe Right, like if you are a part of the belief system that says larger boobs are better. Yeah, yeah. Right, like, so, yeah, so now I, I have gone a, like a significant jump, especially 
Oh my gosh, we'll have a whole episode about breastfeeding. But when that milk came in, oh my gosh, it was like I had a like a full blown <laughs> breast implant yes, situation. Yes. Oh, crazy! On. Yeah, I definitely I showed uh, I showed one of my <laughs> friends who is also a formerly small or like a, a small boob lady because mine disappeared. We can talk about that in a minute. But um, but just quick aside, and it was just like. They were, they're porn boobs. It's so weird. Right. It's so weird. And it's almost at that point where you're like, what do I, I, I actually do not own bras that fit. Even the, even the like <laughs> pregnancy bras I bought, I never thought they would have gotten to that point. <laughs> <laughs> I know. It's shocking. <sighs> so, but that did kind of, you know, it, it, but, but when you talk about like how you see yourself now versus before pregnancy, well, yeah, like if you're talking about that specific body part, it's really interesting to see that tops fit me differently now. And and um, maybe I don't need, uh, oh my gosh, I used to buy those uh, Victoria's Secret Devil, the ones that had the padding on both the, the bottom and the sides. <laughs> those are not necessary <laughs> for you. Those are for those you. are those are probably not necessary anymore. <laughs> <laughs> well, when I was a half a day cup, at least it brought me to like a B and a half, right? <laughs> uh, but yeah, so so as far as that, like that that's been not an issue. So for me. so, do you feel like you're capable of looking at you know not just your boobs, but like your your body and your appearance in general? without having kind of an outside perspective or if you do like like if it's not your partner who are you thinking about like do you know what I mean yeah well well yeah dear Kate I'd hope it would be from a partner trying to get me divorced on the radio (laughs) crazy I mean obviously Uh, for the record also (laughs) well you know he knows it might be him or Thor one or the other (laughs) it's only those two when you're going back and forth but um, that's a really, that's a really good question. Let me, let me think about it a little bit. Um, not every day is a perfect day as far as how I see myself and how I view myself. Luckily, I did not gain a lot of extra weight through the pregnancy. So a lot of the weight was the baby was dowdy. Um, I want to be sensitive to the fact that I know that so much can happen. Like I didn't have, um, you know, kind of like any flares or issues or, or thyroid issues that can kind of fluctuate or make issues with your body type. So because we didn't go through that, it was pretty easy to come back to a relatively normal state. Now, let me just also be very honest. That normal state was still 20 pounds heavier than I was when I was pre-pregnant. See, so I'm definitely not one of those thick fit models on the Instagram, you know, two days after their baby comes out and they're back to flat stomach. And and I actually had convinced myself that that was possible. I, I thought that if I continued to work out during pregnancy and things like that, that that was realistic for me. And it wasn't, it was quite the opposite. It was actually very challenging trying to figure out if I'd ever get back to a point where I felt attractive again, because Unfortunately, I come from a hypersexualized environment that I think a lot of us do. And it's like, the hotter you are, the more attractive you are. <laughs> and, and that's just the definition. So if you don't have a cute face, you better have a thin waist, right? <laughs> it's just one or, the, it's one or the other and preferably both. So now I think I probably have a better sense of beauty now than I did before because I, I can dress myself appropriately to fit my new body type um, that is a little bit 
you know, thicker than it was before, a little bit curvier than it was before. And I think it's good. And especially with some exercise and, you know, things that I don't do, right? Eating right (laughs) and exercising. I'm sure that that can, you know, that will help as well. But I think there is power in, you should always take care of yourself. So let me put the disclaimer out. You should be exercising and eating well as best as possible for you because that's just keeping you healthy, right? But outside of those things and outside of being like a gym rat or eating freak, like you should be able to find the beauty within yourself. I don't know. I, I think that's the goal. And I think I'm finally at a point where I can put clothes on and I look at myself and I'm like, hell yeah, she did that. Slay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, sometimes when you take it off, you're like, damn, I remember when I didn't need these spanks. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like things yeah. like that. But that's a. Uh... That's a, that's a time. That's a time. That's definitely like, I don't know about you, but every once in a while I see myself naked in the mirror and I'm like, I'm not, I'm not mad at this, but it is different. <laughs> this is a different Wait. experience than it was a couple years ago. I think that's the thing. It's that coming to terms with that it's different and appreciating that this difference can be appreciated by you. And, okay, and I try so hard to stay off the soapbox, Kate. Like, <laughs> I try so hard, but I'm back on the soapbox. Because I feel like, but this is part of the issue, right? Like, if we don't see our new selves as beautiful, that's assuming that the person that you're with and the person that you will attract only sees you physically as beautiful yeah. and that all these other components about you are not, right? And I think that's the one thing about one of many things that motherhood has allowed me to reevaluate is that my value added is not so heavily weighed upon how flat my abs are or how toned my thighs are. Right. Like, yeah, there, you, you actually are in this partnership in this relationship because I bring so much more to the table and that, that has been an encouraging part of having my body change after pregnancy. So here's a, here's a tough question that I'm springing on you. So <laughs> this is not in the outline. <laughs> we're going, we're going off, off the road. Um, so when, when you say like seeing yourself beyond like tone thighs or flat abs, do you feel like, do you feel like it for you, it's more like just seeing yourself beyond those, like beyond where your body is different? And outside of that, or do you feel like you've gotten to a point where you can, like, appreciate the way you look now? Because you're a beautiful woman. I've seen you in a mini dress <laughs> within the last <laughs> six months, and it is oh, that's not it is a that's good not look. true. It was loud. It was floor length, just because it was bodycon. Don't fool yourself, okay? <laughs> no, no. When I came and visited, oh you yes, were wearing oh, yes, a cute little number, true. and you look damn good. I. And those, oh, those British dudes were you. like, hey, can I get you a drink? I'm, it's true. It's true, world. <laughs> Luckily, I told my husband these things before Kate Blabs <laughs> on the radio. No, I'm, I appreciate the compliment. And I think that it's, um, put it this way, I mean, and, and reel me back in if I'm not answering the question. But the way I see it now is I used to feel that toned abs flat, you know, well, well, toned, there was no six pack, let's not be foolish, but flat, it's flat stomach and, and, and a well, you know, I'd go to the gym and I was pretty taken care of. I could put on clothes and not worry about it fitting me. Right. I didn't have to think about what I was wearing. Yeah. And now I think the 
the, the, where I am now is that if I get back to a point where I can do that, I'm not quite there yet. I have to be a little bit more conscious about what I wear, especially since I was one of those trifling people that would look at other people in the club like, oh, girl, you should not be wearing that. So I need to be very cautious about my karma, okay? <laughs> and I cannot wear everything. So let me not, like, you know, let's stay away from Forever 21 for a little while. Um, but I am at the point where if that were to be my body type again, with, with hard work in the gym and a lot of no pasta, I think I would get to the point where it was less about what other people saw me as and more about this is just what I want to do for myself, which I think is a very stark change in the way I thought about it before. I felt like those things were necessary to attract the opposite sex, to attract... And, and let's be real, not even just the opposite sex. Like, you know, I thought people... People just are more kind and receptive to people that they think are attractive, whether it's male, female, like it doesn't even have to be sexual, sexual intent. Like, so just coming to a place where I'm less concerned about your, your perceptions of beauty and more like, okay, if I choose to get back to that point, it's because I looked in the mirror and I was like, Ooh, I want to see how far I can get physically. I want to push myself. That's a new challenge for me. Less so. I don't feel beautiful. Now, on the flip side, I'm not going to just kind of let myself go because I do, I'm still a product of society, right? Like, I still think that there are certain things that I want to maintain and I don't want to be unhealthy for my own definitions, right? For my own reasons. And we can we can talk about that later, but that's just kind of where I am. I'm kind of in the middle. I'm not going to go extreme for everyone else, but I'm probably not going to person that's going to just completely let them go because I don't... I don't trust the world that much <laughs> that I can just be like, love me as a blob. <laughs> no, I can't. I don't, I don't have that much faith in the world. Around me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, and it's, it's hard to separate it out from that, that health issue, especially because like, you know, you can be healthy at any weight, but you know, for, for our body, you know, our bodies, like, when it's yeah, different it's for different for, for everybody. Um, and so like trying to focus on how you feel and how you know you're treating yourself and be happy with what that registers in terms of how you look is really hard. I think for a lot of people. Well, here's the other thing too, though, Kate, like it's also about self-talk and what you hear me doing is, uh, trying to talk myself into a lot of the things that I'm still building confidence yeah. in because I've been in a lot of rooms with a lot of women that say really bad things about themselves because they don't look the way they did before they had children. And you would think that it was the mom that had a two-year-old or a four-year-old, you know, where they can still kind of tangibly feel that their, that dress is still in their closet. I'm talking about women that have like 20 something year old kids that still view themselves as the woman that they were before. And they, and, and that's, you know, as much as our show is about maintaining yourself, I think it's also about embracing the woman that you're becoming. Yeah. And I feel like if I don't check myself now, it's so easy to kind of have, leave that one slinky dress in the closet and kind of beat yourself up constantly about the fact that you can't fit it the way you did before. And I don't want to do that to myself. I think I've worked too hard to be emotionally better than I used to be <laughs> to kind of let something that's naturally happened that has kind of produced an ama- that has produced an amazing outcome in my daughter to like be something that I'm consistently sad about. Like we've got to do better about encouraging each other as women that have had children and that, that have gone through that process of having their bodies change and reminding each other that 
beauty is is evolving yeah and it's evolving especially when there's so much media telling us oh, oh my gosh if i see another picture of a woman that's been like two days post, <laughs> or like even when beyonce had the baby listen air quotes i'm not judging she may have had it she may not have had it i don't know <laughs> but like truther beyonce truther alert. <laughs> i don't know i don't know i wasn't there i wasn't there but what I'm saying is, is like to have pictures where it's just like this perfect form. Yeah. And even if she did power to her, she had the baby, she went back into the gym. She has a full-time staff. I keep telling Doug, if you get me the Beyonce staff, <laughs> <laughs> we'll be set. You won't have to worry about anything. I'll be like six packed up in 20 minutes because I have a full-on team that's feeding me vegan food. Okay. They're taking care of my kid. Their gym, they come to me. The gym comes to me. I don't have to leave my house, okay? Yeah. Because like, that's her job. Of course I'd be drop-dead gorgeous. Like, if you have a different job from that job, then maybe you don't have time <laughs> for that other job of looking like Beyonce. I mean, podcasting is great now, but I don't have a Beyonce <laughs> team yet. Here's the other thing, Kate. Can you imagine, just like as an aside... How freaking hot we were if we would have the Beyonce team. Like, they couldn't stop us if oh we had God. the Beyonce team, look okay? amazing. I just need the dermatologist. We're, we're amazing right now, and we don't have the Beyonce team. I need team. hair. I need to glue Beyonce's hair to my head. <laughs> then I will be <laughs> oh, so powerful. Comment. <laughs> so powerful. Okay, so I'm getting okay, off anyway. the soapbox. I'm getting off the yes. soapbox. Okay. Off the soapbox, guys. So I can't promise I won't get back on. So, so I want to take a moment on something you said, which is how women talk about themselves. Um, and oh, something, I feel yeah. the soapbox coming back. Oh, it's so, <laughs> it's so rough because I, you know, I kind of thought about it before I got pregnant. Uh, but you know, I, I not, not to the same extent, like, you get pregnant and all of a sudden the whole world interacts with you in totally different ways. Like people who would never have made eye contact with you, like total strangers are all of a sudden like willing to engage and willing to like on the positive side, like I met neighbors I'd never met before on the negative side, like total strangers at the bus stop suddenly felt like they had a say in my body and the way I existed (laughs) in the world. Um, And a big thing I noticed is that like, um, I am in our culture, extremely lucky in that, like, I'm kind of a beanpole. I've always been like a tall, skinny, awkward person. Um, I got pregnant and, you know, before people, you know, people would be like, oh, you, you know, you're lucky. You're so tall. You know, you, that's great. All of a sudden people were like, just had everything to say about the way my body was like either being like oh you know you're lucky because your body's this way not like my body which is terrible garbage and needs to be thrown out or they'd be like oh enjoy the last moments of your body being this way because it'll never be this Mm. way again and then you're gonna die ugly and alone because you're a mother (laughs) like just (laughs) not you know it, it was incredible like even when people were trying to say really positive lovely things when they're talking about a pregnant woman's body or dear God, like a new mom's body, that was even worse. Like it somehow manages to come around to something negative, either like like crapping on the speaker's own body or on other women's bodies or on your future body. Like it just sucks. Just the narratives that we have 
you know, and, and there's the broader cultural narrative where, you know, like, obviously you guys, capitalism, it's all about like instilling fears in us to the, so they can sell us, uh, solutions. Hi advertisers. Um, but we love, <laughs> we love you. you, but you know, there's that, like there's outward forces, but the way women enforce this stuff on ourselves is just shocking. Like if you st- stop to actually listen to it, it's really, really like just frustrating and sad that I like beautiful women, like close friends, people I love just can, you know, it's, it's this fine line between like, I, I want us all to be honest and to be able to speak freely and talk about the things that are, are making us afraid. But, you know, like if we're at work and we're at lunch in mixed company, you know, and this feels like a good time to talk about like how you shouldn't be eating as much when you just came back from maternity leave and you're still breastfeeding, like something's very wrong. Like something's very wrong with the way you interact with your own self and and see yourself i'm just exhausted by the i mean it's not not exhausted by what you're saying but exhausted by the thought that yeah this is this is the the issue that we're we didn't really anticipate going but it's just just, it's impossible to talk about loving yourself when you you can't not you can't ignore the self-hate that happens um and 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 you kind of feel pressured into it. Um, luckily, we have each other, and we don't allow ourselves, when, at least when we're speaking to each other, to do that. But when you hear someone being like, oh, yeah, I shouldn't be eating this because I just got back from maternity leave, you almost look at yourself when you're eating your quarter pounder yeah. like, oh, <laughs> mm, maybe I've been off of breastfeeding for about 19 months now. <laughs> maybe I shouldn't be eating this either. Yeah, and it makes and it's yeah. kind of like imposing these ideas. Yeah, it's and it's the crappy version of, you know, the personal is political. Like everything you do becomes some kind of statement or choice. Like if you want to have that fucking chia pudding because it sounds like it might be interesting and you feel like, you know, you haven't been pooping right or something. I don't know, whatever. <laughs> Like, then all of a sudden you look down at that, and if you're not having the quarter pounder, you're like, oh, is this going to tell people that I'm a health nut or that, like, I'm anorexic? And then if you have the quarter pounder, it's like, oh, is this, like, making me look like a slop? Like, there's nothing you can do. You can't fucking win. You can't win. Yeah. You just eat a turkey sandwich every day for the rest you of your life. You win, child. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so this is this is usually the part of the show when we both end up being stumped because we're just like ah. <laughs> but yeah what do we do because well i think this is what this is part of what you do you kind of have to the first step is accepting what's happening the second part is talking about it and yeah. then the third part is hopefully action right now we're we're still at the the talking about it phase because it's just like okay I didn't know this was going to happen. Yeah. I didn't know people would think that that they have the right to speak to my friend about her body type while she's while she's creating yeah. life about the future body. Whole another episode topic when we need to talk about is like the feelings of loss that happen because like I think that's partly where this comes from. It's like wait, I didn't even know I was 
I didn't even know that I would miss the body I was going to have, but that I had until you told me that I was going to miss the body I had. After having a baby, I appreciate my body a lot more because I think, I think before I was just like, of course I look like this. Like, duh, this is just how I look. It's cool. Great. Whatever. But at this point, like, I do not take that shit for granted. Yeah. And is it that you care about your body more now? Mm. Like you're making an effort? Because you recognize that it's not a given. Yeah, that's a really good point. Even, I know this sounds ridiculous, like, I don't necessarily, like, get more mani-pedis or get facials or something, but I definitely, like, think about how I'm taking care of my body more because, yeah, it doesn't feel like a given. Like, like, and some of that's, some of that's dealing with societal expectations and kind of the crappy pressures to, you know, look like you're 19 and Estonian for all of eternity. Um, But I think a lot of that is just, like, paying paying attention not to just how other people react to me, but, um, but paying attention to how I feel in my own skin. You know, like, is, is anybody going to notice if I have, like, fine lines in my decolletage no 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 one is never like i'm just gonna wear turtlenecks if if things don't look right nobody will care at all ever um i'm not a swimsuit model but like taking the time to actually like you know find the right moisturizer and take care of that skin and feel like i'm I'm thinking about it for the first time in my existence rather than just be like, I don't know. I feel like my twenties were like, I look good. I guess it's working. Moving on. Like if there was no real effort or concentration going into the process. Exactly. Like if I stepped up my makeup game or if I did something with my hair or anything, it was usually in reaction to like, I have to look good because I'm going out. I have to look good because I just had a nasty breakup and I have to make this dude want to kill himself like (laughs) there were very specific um external props to trying to take care of myself and now I feel like you know there are lots of parts of me that as a mom like nobody really cares about like my kid and my husband see them neither of them are concerned at all and yet like for my own purposes it's really nice to like to pay attention to that and feel like I'm, I'm treating myself nicely. You know, that's a, that's a really good, uh, really good segue because I think what I wanted to also bring up was the fact that for the first time I'm taking concentrated amounts of time, just like you two, to take care of myself. I'm not at the point where I'm getting the man, the many peg petties either. Um, for me, that would be nice, you know, kind of just cause, <laughs> because I'm so bad. I'll, I'll always forget my nails and my, and my feet. But, like, I'll take these warm, amazing showers, and we have this amazing little Bluetooth speaker in our shower now. Oh, that's so good. You should good. get one if you don't yeah, have we one. Need that. And I pop on the Amy Winehouse, and I've got my, my Clarisonic brush, and it's just the, the three of us <laughs> in the shower. <laughs> and it's, like, peaceful. It's like I'm creating my own mini spa. And showers before were just a process of me getting clean. Now it's, like healing and relaxing and 
thinking about the process. And, and like I said, I have a Clarisonic brush. That ain't cheap. I take good care. I use a three, you know, you know, my, my Clinique products because I need to moisturize my face. Like my face gets dry like crazy. That shit was cute before. Now I'm like, okay, no, seriously, I need to put some moisture into my body. And, and even taking the time to lotion, I used to like slap that stuff on like super quick, like, okay, all right, let's go. And now it's like, no, let's smooth it on. It's about me. And it, it might just because I just don't have the time as much as I did before to kind of like cram in everything else. So now it's like, okay, the little time that I do have, I'm going to really enjoy this process. Yeah. That seems to be like a, a recurring theme with a lot of moms I talk to, which is like when you suddenly don't have access to private time, like you did, you know, you're living with your partner, you have a child, like during the day I have like until my kid goes to sleep and frequently afterwards I have zero time where I'm just by myself except like in a toilet stall at work (laughs) which is not not the place to relax and light candles Um, but yeah but like when when you I can imagine you going into the stall with your candles I just need some time it's me me time um but but yeah when you suddenly when personal time is at such such uh such scarcity you have to combine like the normal self-care you did which is like yeah i'm gonna slap on some moisturizer call it a day and um you guys i cannot recommend highly enough looking up youtube tutorials on facial massage Ooh, yeah oh danielle i'll send you some links we can post them we'll post them for for the people but yeah like you know, a little of this, a little like rubbing around your eye socket and here. Just so you know, both Kate and We're I just touching our faces, massaging our We're just, faces, and that's great. And that means I'm gonna probably break out because I have disgusting low cans <laughs> right now. Um, <laughs> but the point is, like, it's not just putting on moisturizer anymore. It's like, here is me taking five minutes, and then if you know, if my husband walks in while I'm doing this, it's like a subtle sign to be like, oh. Back away slowly. Like, (laughs) she's not up for a discussion of, like, the new cabinet we need to put in. She's putting stuff on her face. And this is, like, a ritual, you know? It's, like, this this way to kind of ritualize the self-care that you used to have that was just, like, rote and almost medical into something that's, like, like, okay, I'm going to shut down. I'm just going to think about my skin for a minute. But that is a pro of being, I mean, I mean, there, we, we, we kind of go back and forth about all the chaos of, of motherhood, but that is definitely a, a, a huge pro of the changes. And, you know, even if your body's changing, even if your skin's changing, like my, my skin's crazy drier now than it was yeah. before. But the fact that I'm taking time for myself, that's just something that should be embedded. That's just good self-care practices. And maybe it's just because we were crazy people before we've had to, we had to have children in order for us to, to start thinking about our lives that way. But that's something that is necessary and helpful. Um, one of the questions that I think you had from for, for us, Kate, and I, I do think it's interesting to think about is what kind of regimen of skin, of, of not skincare, but of like self-care did you see your mom have? Because I think a lot of times you kind of replicate, the, put it this way, the women in their 20s that I knew that kind of understood the power of these rituals that we're talking about and that you and I weren't able to see until post-mother, post-pregnancy, 
they probably saw it from their parents, from their, you know, might be both parents, but particularly their mother. Did you, do you feel like your mom had a really good self-care regimen? Yeah, I, like, I, my, my mom raised me on her own and was a single mom. And she was also work full-time. She was a flight attendant. And I definitely have this new appreciation of the, the ways I saw her take care of herself when I was little. Like, you know, she would, she would take a long shower and I can remember the times when I decided I desperately needed some of her attention for some reason while she was taking a (laughs) a bath. Um, and like, and you get checked out of the bathroom. My my mom is like, my mom is super warm. She loves me. She always wants to engage. She's awesome. That was one of the few times where she'd be like a little icy. She'd be like, yes. Yes. Okay. You have a problem. Are you dying? No, you're not. Call me back when you're dying because this is important to me. Um, and she'd have like lovely. You will know when you have a child. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Which I didn't appreciate at the time. I'm like, mom, what are you doing in there? How long does it take to wash your hair? It's, she's like, as long as it damn well takes all fucking day, child, go leave. Um, and I don't think I really got it. Like I used to think, I don't know. And like my mom having like really like lovely smelling body lotions that were really intense. And at the time I was like, Ooh, this is like a grown up lady thing. And then in my twenties, mm-hmm. I was like, I understand now. Cause it's a grown up lady thing and I'm just too lazy to do it. No, no, no. I actually do understand now because I'm no longer lazy enough to do it. Cause one, yeah, pregnancy plays hell with your skin. I am so much drier than I used to be. <laughs> and two, like just having, it's not like a question of like, I would rather be doing something else. It's like, I know I have to prioritize this. Like, I know I have to take care of myself mm. because my body is, is not a given and because if I don't prioritize that five minutes to just put lotion on, nobody else is going to tell me to take that time. Mm. You know, this is, this is hard for me because I think I, I learned, I learned very similar things, but in different ways from my mom. <clears throat> she was also the woman that had the, 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 always like had the cute haircut or, um, uh, lots of good products always smelled amazing. Oh, mom and smell. I too, mm. and, and, but it wasn't, you know, it wasn't even just like a mom smell because you know, kids love their mom. You could smell like dirty toast and your kid <laughs> would still love you. But there was kind of, like you said, like that grown woman, like I, I take care of myself, but then there was other part of her that I think I learned indirectly, which is because she didn't do a great job of really making time for herself. And again, talking about like this self care process, um, I was the kid that would interrupt constantly and she would pay attention. And, and, you know, in retrospect, you kind of wish that she hadn't cause she needed that time, just like your mom needed that time. So what I think she's taught me is one to be, to be the sexy lady and have, have your, your good smells on. Okay. But also what I learned from her flaws was that I do need to be proactive and exactly what you said, Kate, like you have to make the time for yourself because no one else will, even if they love you. I love my mom oh my gosh, to the end of the world and back, right? But I did not understand that she needed that time to herself. So if a person that loves you so unconditionally can still overstep the boundaries, 
you have to make those boundaries for yourself. And I think that's what, you know, God bless her. I wish I, I wish she had been able to do that a little bit more, but I'm glad that she taught me even indirectly that I need to set those boundaries for myself because otherwise I wouldn't know. I would think that that behavior was normal. Right. And, and, and for some women it is, but it's not normal is one thing really healthy for your self growth and your progress as a person is a different subject. So moms rock they teach you things in lots of different ways they teach you how to be a hottie and they teach you how to be better (laughs) (laughs) it's true it's true I like I can remember watching my mom you know put her face on before she went to work and like it was just fascinating like being able it almost makes you want to go back and get some lessons yeah (laughs) I know I know I know there's stuff with like concealer and blush although you know my mom was my mom's pattern was really stripped down and simple because she's just like a gorgeous person um (laughs) and I would I would like to be that that stripped down and simple and she has like this amazing curly hair that she's just like I don't know what to do with this and I'm like don't do anything with it ah and I have straight hair and she feels the exact same 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 way about me (laughs) but yeah just like watching generations of women trying to figure out how to how to like give enough to the people that love you but not give everything away that's really hard that's really hard yeah i uh, i I mean we're both kind of like marinating because i think we're all thinking about it at the same time And it is kind of all wrapping it up all together. It's kind of like, okay, how you view yourself, trying to view yourself as an individual. And I think that is it. And appreciating yourself as the individual, trying really, really hard not to define your beauty based on what you see around you. I mean, and and I think this is just hard for people, whether you're 15 or 65 or 105, like just trying not to define yourself as beautiful based on what, especially sure as hell you can't do it based on the media because they will tell you you should eat lettuce every day (laughs) yeah (laughs) hey if you like i like lettuce but i like other stuff with my lettuce um and then on the flip side really kind of putting those boundaries in place i mean it's almost feels like it's counterintuitive to do these things but it comes down to like you know we i think we said in another earlier episode like you have to put on your your mask before everyone else does. And part of caring for yourself is doing that caring for yourself so that you can be the caretaker. Yeah. If that's your role. Well, you know? and that seems like, you know, again, we're women, everything's hard. And this is just another area where we don't have an easy answer. It's not like, well, take care of yourself or don't take care of you. Like those aren't, there's not two options. There's just this constant interrogation of like, looking very closely at what you're doing and trying to consciously splice, like, who am I doing this for? Is this a way that makes me feel healthy and makes me feel like I'm taking care of myself? Or is this something that I'm doing because of external pressure? Um, or because, you know, I feel like it reflects poorly on my character if I don't, you know, keep my nails in check. Like, Mm, and yeah. you know what? And maybe if it is, like, honestly, it, I, it, my friends will tell you, I have, like, some deep psychological hang-ups on my cuticles. Like, if my cuticles are looking busted, <laughs> I just feel like it's a, I'm in a really, it's true. I feel like I'm in a really dark place because it means I have just not, not been taking care of business. So it's, it's like, 
you know, I always want there to be an answer. Um, I always want to be able to read some article on like refinery 20 refinery 10 of 29 that is like, okay, now I got it. But like, there's just no simple answer. I feel like we're always going to be having this conversation and we're always going to have this conversation with, you know, all the people we love on what's, you know, what's inside, what's outside, like what's taking care of yourself and what's trying to make yourself fit some external mold. So good times. <laughs> Easy peasy. <laughs> I mean, okay. We're, so the, the last thing I'll say is, sorry guys, we will never <laughs> okay. have ten tips. Well, yeah, we we are rarely going to be the people that have tips for you. Or <laughs> I sure as hell ten. I don't know where you're going to get ten tips from. We might have a tip. <laughs> three, three easy ways to never know what the fuck you're doing. <laughs> next time I'm going <laughs> no but seriously like I think yeah like Kate you're you're awesome first of all because you're going to make me think about things and I'm going to listen to this episode. not that I don't listen to all the episodes but I can imagine that this is one that I'm going to go back and listen to and kind of really think more about what we've talked about because it's a constant process so I feel like if there is a tip remember we, we don't give more than one it's just to try yeah. right like just keep trying if you slip up, keep talking to the people that you love. Keep challenging yourself, making sure that you're not just kind of going with the flow. Yeah. You know, and just just love thyself, right? Just never just relax. Try. That's our tip. Never what? relax. How is that a tip? <laughs> <laughs> because that's the problem oh my God. with tips. You just revoked our one tip. We had one we don't tip, have tips, one Danielle. Tip. I have nothing. Uh, I, I tried so hard with you. You know what? That's it. That's it. This is how this episode's ending. Kate just revoked my one tip. Next time I'm coming back with two. Let's see how you work with two tips. <laughs> I'm here. I am destroyer of tips. Oh, this is why we work well together. Well, this was heavier than I thought it was going to be, but we hope that you guys got something out of it. If if anything, just to know that we're we're still thinking about it and and for the record, the fact that we don't know all of you, we, we, we would love to get to know everyone, but we know for a fact that you're beautiful in your own way. So if that makes you feel better, yay. <laughs> but if that was too corny for you, go ahead and tell us via Twitter and Facebook. You can find us on ACAST at Go Ahead Mama. So feel free to make fun of my corniness or embrace it like a little flower. <laughs> And this is how the show's ending. Please help me, Kate. I'm drowning in my own corn. And on, on that delicious cornbread note, <laughs> thanks, mamas. <laughs> <laughs>